You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. So tonight we're talking about first things first. We're on the topic of first things first. Uh, For those of you who are tuning in, yes, we're back here at HQ. No more cockroaches. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, we, but the lovely Hilda, thank you so much for opening up your home to us. Seriously, beautiful home. Um, but anyways, so amazing time over there. But now you can join us because we don't want you at Hilda's house. We want you at our house. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll be talking about the aspect of first things first and keeping God first and the importance of keeping God first. You know, I, 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 I really cringe whenever we watch these movies where a world is collapsing and the news anchor says, well, all we can do now is pray. But what happens when the first thing we do is pray? What happens when, does that make sense? Because it's like, okay, if you have faith enough to say, let's pray and believe that some kind of God or deity out there will do, why don't we do that first thing? And keeping the first thing the first thing and the main thing the main thing. Tonight's message tonight is called the first responders. And first responders are known as what? The the, the police department, the ambulance, the fire department, right? We the popo, right? We have the police department. <laughs> we have those people with the first responders. And sometimes, you know, according to movies, sometimes we're the last responders, but besides that, but the first responders, why are they called the first responders? Because usually they're the ones who are the first people on the crime scene at the, 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 the hurt person. The first thing that we're supposed to do is call 911, is what we're taught as children. You know, it's like, why are you calling me? Did you call 911? No, what can I do? I'm here in San Diego. Call 911 and then let me know what's going on, right? That's usually called the first responders, the first people you call. Well, tonight we're going to talk about. In a time of our crisis, in a time of our deepest, darkest needs and anguish and pain, what is the first response of our life? Okay, sure, call upon God. Oh, God, help me, you know. But what does that really mean? And tonight we're going to dive into this really quickly here. It's so basic, it's so elementary when it comes to our Christian faith. It's so elementary when it comes to our walk with God. But I believe the elementary is going to be reminded of the good elementary. Does that make sense? I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, uh, um, a friend of mine about business or whatever else, and say, "Oh yeah, I'm rebuilding you know, the stuff that we're going on, yada yada yada." And he asked me simply, "Well, what does the budget look like?" I'm like, "Oh, that's right, budgeting." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's so simple, so so simple. I'm like. I'll call you back. I put together my budget half an hour later, call him back. Like, hey, okay, it all makes sense. Thanks so much. Bye. But it's such a simple concept. But even me, who was supposed to be this business coach and entrepreneur, forgot a little subject called budgeting. But it's, it's, it, but it's just a fascinating thing. So tonight, we're gonna, even though it may seem elementary, we're still going to go through it because this is our first response. So when dealing with life's pain and, and troubles and tribulations, where do we turn to? Where do we turn to? There's three points that I have to make here. 
And the first one is the word. The word, the word of God. Now here's the thing, the word of God, many people have used it to hurt other people. Oh, you know the Bible says that you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, you should be doing this. And what's interesting is that people use it as a rule book. And they say that this is what you should and shouldn't do. But I just want to say right now is that the Bible is, is God-breathed. It is a living word of God. So what that means is it's not meant to be used as a historical book. You don't look at it because you look at the context. The context in some of the scriptures, you know, the church, early church, way early, they justified slavery in America using scripture. And it's so stupid because it's like they would take certain verses and say, oh, no, look, this is what it is. But then things have evolved. They evolved. And it's important to us to understand that the word of God is not to be taken literal, as in it says, like, well, if your hand knows what's going on with this hand, and chop it off. I've looked up on YouTube, people have done that. Okay? Yes, I know, it's weird. But some people have taken it as a literal sense. You know, there's a story in, in uh, Genesis where God tells Abram, Abram, take your son, your only son, and bring him up to the mountain to worship. And take your son, your only son, and take him up to worship. And instead of, okay, let's go worship. But he didn't, the son didn't know, I'm the sacrifice. See, God said, go and up there and worship. And what happens? He goes up there about to slay his own son. And then what happens? The angel of the Lord appears and says, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. You see, there's one thing that says God said, and there's another thing that's God saying. If he focused on what God just said, he would have slayed his son. Well, Lord, you told me this, so I'm doing this. But that's the importance of discernment, to knowing what is God, God told me yesterday this, but what is God saying today? Does that make sense? Many of us can easily lose that on our blessing and blame God, blame God, because God said something and didn't work out the way. But wait, are you listening to what he's saying? Or are you focusing on what he said yesterday? Does that make sense? So it's so important. So with that being said, the, the Psalms 119.05 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. My friends, if we ever get lost in saying, where is God leading me? What is, what is the direction of God in my life? It's simply put, look to scripture. And say, Lord, will you speak to me through the word of God? Will you speak to me? Now, don't just like open the book like, Kill the fattened calf. Okay. <laughs> okay. Again, I've seen people who've done that. They open up the Bible and they go, oh, the Bible says, you know, or another person will say, have many wives. Like, wait, what? You know, so keep in mind, okay, some people follow that. So anyways, but it's the aspect of the guiding post. Say guiding post. It's a guiding post. It's a place to say a light to your path means you're walking in a direction and that shows you where you're walking. Does that make sense? And so the word of God, I don't know where you're at with your Christian walk. I don't know where you're at with your, with your walk with Jesus. But there's Bibles right there in the very front. Please take one and start reading it. Where do I start reading? I suggest start reading the book of John. And read it like an actual book chapter. John chapter 1 verse 1. You know the reason why the Bible is written the way it is with John chapter 1, verse 19? Because the Bible was written as a law book. And whenever they would go to court back in the days, they would actually quote 
it's as if like, oh, penal code number 14, section five, line number seven. Does that make sense? So keep in mind that that's the reason why the Bible is written the way that it was. In the same way, but so I would, I would suggest to all of us here who are looking for that light, looking for the direction, looking for some kind of guidance, you don't have to tell nobody, just privately look through the Bible and start reading it and say, Lord, speak to me. Now he may not say, Alejandro, do this, 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 and buy Sarah flowers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it may not say that exactly what to do. It, it, it's not necessarily the aspect of the Bible will tell you point A, point B, point C. That's why it's called inspiration, being inspired word of God. When you have an open heart, you say, Lord, speak to me through your word. Give me guidance. Give me direction. And what's interesting is that I was in the middle of one of the biggest trials and tribulations in my life. I got to say, when I was in jail. When I was in jail, I was, you know, this is the case that happened back when I was 16 years old. They brought it up again, you know. Someone brought it up again years, 20 years later. Long story short, I was devastated when they told me, Steve, this may take a few months process, maybe a few years. Oh, like a few months, I'm speaking in three weeks. I need to get out of here. I have a conference to speak at. You know, we have James Malinchuk coming up. We have, we have different conferences going on. Like, I got a busy schedule. How can I do all this? I can't, I got to leave it. Apparently, because I was a juvenile case, there is no bail. So it doesn't matter how much money I had, I cannot bail in a juvenile case. So I was so devastated. I contemplated suicide. Because right there and then, my entire life was crashing before me. Everything I had built, everything I owned, everything that I am doesn't matter anymore. I was wearing the same sh orange shirt, blue shirt, as a homeless guy who stole a car. As another guy who murdered multiple people, who person who raped people. I was the same, I was looked at the same as all of them. And doesn't matter who I was, doesn't matter what I've accomplished, I was now in this moment. So I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll just take that soap and do something with it. <laughs> you know? And so I remember washing my hands, thinking to myself, how do I do this? And I'm just washing my hands. My cellmate, Robert, Robert, I don't know if he's watching, he has a cell phone on thing. He was like, you're right, bro? You've been washing your hands for way too long. <laughs> he was like, I know you say you're a germaphobe, but man. And so I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good. I just heard three TV shows pass by, so that's at least an hour and a half. I was like, are you kidding me? Wow, okay, I stopped it. I was opened up there, man, I'm really suicidal right now. I don't know what to do. I'm really just not feeling it. So I gotta do something, let's just wash my hands. And he told me, well, you're a man of faith. When he said that, reminded immediately jumped to me, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Now keep in mind, I didn't memorize what John chapter 11 was. But the Holy Spirit reminded my spirit, John chapter 11. I was like, huh? Then I, I, I opened it up in tears. I've been telling Robert this. And it was a story about Lazarus. And the story of Lazarus was that when, when Mary and Martha called for him, for Jesus to come save his brother who's dying, he stayed in a town for two more days, four more days. He said, let me stay here for four more days. Even though you're calling me, I'm going to hang out right here. And he comes over and he goes, like, I'm glad I wasn't here. So that way you can see the glory of the Lord. And that, that reminded me and spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me right there and then. You're calling upon me. You're not getting the answers as fast as you want because it's all for my glory. And that gave me so much comfort. I was like, oh, John chapter 11. 
And so that's what the Word of God will do. The Word of God will remind you, maybe you don't need it at that very moment. Maybe that scripture you're reading in John chapter 1, verse 1, maybe, all the, maybe anything you're reading right now means nothing to you. But in the time of need, the Holy Spirit will remind you, John chapter 11, Isaiah number, does that make sense? Is the aspect of the Holy Spirit using His Word to tell you a story. And that gave me so much comfort. Now, was I frustrated? Heck, yeah, I was frustrated. I still didn't want to be in there, no matter how much John chapter 11. And so I was like, God, I get it, four days, but I've been in here for 18 days, man, come on. And then later on, they told me it be a few months. And so I was like, ugh. And then later on, I, I lay in my, in my cell. I, I literally lay down in tears. And someone carved in there, them that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Ah, I don't want to wait no more. <laughs> but the scripture spoke to me. And people say, how does God speak to you? How does God give you direction? My friends, it could be through an audible voice. And it's happened to me a few times, and Angela a few times, to Jen a lot of times. So if you want to hear from God, talk to Jen. Um, but honestly, it confirms to the word of God. Say Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live alone by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth of the mouth of God. So that, my friends, the first response in the moments of our deepest struggles and the deepest questions of life, pick up the Bible. Pick up the Bible. Pick up the Bible and say, Lord, speak to me. And just start reading. And read like a chapter, John chapter 1, John chapter 2, John chapter 3. Have a bookmark. Okay, I'll feed it, finish off tomorrow. John chapter 5, John chapter 6. John th and by the time you're done, you're like, oh, wow, I've finished the book of John. Okay, what, what, what next book? Okay, maybe the book of Acts, maybe the book of Romans, maybe the book of Psalms. Does that make sense? So I would suggest that aspect is the word of God. The second point here I want to make is the first responders is the word. The second one here is prayer. Say prayer. This is something that we've talked about multiple times, so many times. And the aspect of prayer, Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. My friends, we were talking about this during early morning at brunch and talking the aspect of power of words and how not just for those who are Christians or believers, but there are people out there who are doing witchcraft, who believe in the power of words. Angela has a friend uh, who has a friend whose mom had a brain tumor. And so, but Angela, how do you explain this? This fortune teller told her mom she would have a brain tumor. And two weeks later, she had her brain tumor. And I said, Angela asked me, because back then I was, into, I was very into the exercises and stuff like that. Like I would do exercises on people all the time. Back back then, okay, not now. I do a lot just myself. Anyways, um, but I, I said, you know what it is, is, it is not so much the fortune teller uh, foretold the future, but the, fu the fortune teller created the future. Does that make sense? And so in that same manner, keep in mind this, our words have power. Jesus says that the words you say shall be done. So when we, when we look at prayer, prayer is the ask of God, I declare this promotion. 
God, I proclaim my health. God, I declare, what are you declaring? And many times, we're declaring all kinds of crap in our life, if we be real with ourselves. And we're saying, oh man, this is never going to get better. Things are worse and worse and worse, and things will just never happen. Guess what? It's never going to happen. It's never going to get better, because you're praying that over your life. And God is a God who's like, I'll give you whatever you say. So the question is, what are you saying? God's a gentleman. He's going to be like, all right, you're I'm hearing your words. I'm seeing your heart. And you're, 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 you're declaring it'll never get better. It'll never get better. Things will always be frustrating. My life will always be miserable. He's up there like, am I right? So what are we declaring over our lives today? What are we declaring over our lives yesterday? Maybe 20 minutes ago. Philippians 4.13, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, make your request to God. Here we're, we're reading from, from Paul. It's saying, don't be anxious, don't be worried, don't worry about it. Wait, wait, how do I not worry about my bills when I can't afford to pay my bills? How do I not worry about my health when my health is in crisis? How do I not worry about, it's simply this, Okay, I can't fix it. I can't change it. I'll give it to God. And so I remember talking to someone, uh, I'll, I'll call her out, Casey, and Casey's like, how do you not worry? I'm like, like this. And she got so mad. She's like, what's that? I'm like, and I, I seriously got my phone. I got my phone and put it on the selfie mode. And I said, look at my face and look at yours. And she had like, she's like half angry, half teary-eyed, right? Like not crying per se, but angry. And she's like, you are so mean. You are not a supportive friend. I'm like, I am. But here's the thing. You can't change X, Y, and Z. So by you being frustrated, you're hurting yourself by not being able to be positive change for someone else. You're just hurting yourself. And you're causing yourself this misery. And at that moment, she calmed down and, I don't say it was better, but she, she got. Overall, when we're in the moment of crisis, in the moment of pain, understand that it's the moment that we say, God, I want to be, be honest, say, Lord, I want to be frustrated. I want to be angry. I want to be, I want to be, be upset. I want to be very stressed out by this. But I'm choosing to give it to you. I'm choosing to give it to you. And that is one of our first responders. And the last point here, if I can have Ed come on the piano for some mood music, is worship. And worship is so key, my friends. You know, actually, they say in Bible college, more than the preaching is worship. I majored, I'm first, first I majored in music, and then I couldn't figure out music theory. Actually, I was just lazy. <laughs> so I didn't want to do music theory. So I said, I'm going to do music minor and major in church leadership. So I learned more, learned more church leadership, preaching, and all that stuff. Angela majored in music, and she learned theory and all that stuff. And so uh, but they told me, Stephen, you want to leave, you want to leave worship 
and going through church leadership. But you know, church worship is more important, more important than the preaching. What? No, it's preaching that's more important. Preaching is what changes lives. Preaching, but worship is where lives are actually changed because you're actually encountering God. So those of you who are watching out there, turn on some music, some church music, and just worship. Put on some worship music and just worship. 1 Samuel 16, 23. Whenever the evil spirit from God bothered Saul, David would play his harp. Saul would relax and feel better, and the evil spirit would go away. Saul would have a feeling of the evil spirit, and worship would come on. He'd call, David, come play for me. Whenever an evil spirit would come upon Saul, he would call upon David. David, come and play. Come and play, and the evil spirit would leave him. Second Chronicles 20 talks about Jehoshaphat. Say Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. Name your child that, huh? Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was against three armies. The three armies were, were outnumbered his armies. The Lord told Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, don't go to battle ready to win and fight yourself. Instead, put your worship leaders, your musicians, in the front lines of the battle. And when you, when you do that, you will never have to lift a single sword. Jehoshaphat then told his armies, all right, guys, military, we're ready to go to war. You ready? Who's the musician here? All the armor men are like, what? Well, not guns. They don't have guns back then. They got swords, right? So all the swords are like, what? Musicians? Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. And all the musicians are up there with their harps or tambourines or drums or trumpets. And what happens? They go to war saying, go and praise the Lord. Great is the Lord. Great is his faithfulness. His faithfulness, mercy endures forever. And go ahead and worship. And the worship team was terrified. Of, I'd be terrified. Sarah, you're, you're, you're a worshiper. And you're a worshiper. And Jen, you're a worshiper. They say, don't, don't have a sword. Just worship. It'd be terrified. I'd be terrified. <laughs> but that was, the, that was the word of the Lord to them. They said, do not worry. Just worship. And from that worship, all three armies killed off each other. They all killed off each other. She is like testing limits. Anyways, they all killed off each other. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat's armies picked up the spoils, means all the jewelry, all the money, all the weapons for themselves. And they didn't have to lift a single finger. All they did was worship. That's all they did was worship. Joshua 6.10, but Joshua, so in the story of Joshua, who knows the children of Israel, right? The children of Israel, the children of Israel gone through 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, getting to the promised land. The entire time, these guys were complaining and whining, you Jews, <laughs> complaining and whining. And as they complained, the Bible says, they would die off. They say, I'm hungry. They give manna from heaven. Oh, we want some, we want some protein. They got quail. They we know it's too much. They start complaining about every little thing. You can't never make them happy. So I keep that in mind when I'm coaching, when I'm coaching with Paul. I'm just talking, just talking. 
And finally, here they are with Joshua. Moses has passed on the baton to Joshua. And Joshua, they're about to inherit the promise on Jericho. They're about, the thing they've been waiting on for a year, for over 40 years and 40 They've been waiting and waiting and looking. And here's the command that God gives to Joshua. But Joshua had commanded the armies, Joshua 6.10, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voice, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. Joshua told his armies, do not speak. Keep quiet. You know why? Because all they did was this. Bicker and complain. And the moment they kept bickering and complaining is the moment they kept losing. So I wonder if some of us who are here tonight and those who are watching, maybe you're losing your battles not because life is that hard, but because you're bickering and complaining and you're praying to, your, to, to yourself negativity. You're praying to yourself the pain, the anguish, the anger, the, 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 the pressure of life. Instead, worship. Pop on some music and just worship. And say, Lord, I can't see it, but I know you're working. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper. You're a light in the darkness. And begin to see in your car, in your house, in your room, the things begin to shift in the atmosphere. 1 Samuel 16, 23. When the evil spirit bothered Saul, David would play his harp. Saul would then relax and feel better, and the evil spirit went away. My friends, tonight, you here tonight, and you on the broadcast, if you're dealing with the pressures of life, Remember this, your first responders is the word of God, prayer, and worship. Worship your heart out. It's cool to chill out to Beyonce and to whatever music is out there nowadays. I don't know. I just love Beyonce, the queen. Celine Dion, if you're Jennifer. But I dare you. I double, double dare you to put on music, worship music a little bit when you're feeling the pressure and see God move in your life like never before. Everyone stand to your feet. Father God, tonight, we pray that we will begin this journey to seek you, Lord, to seek you first as our first response to crisis, the first response to pain, the first response to anguish. Lord, we seek you, your word. We come to you in prayer. And now, Father, we worship you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.